0: Enoch, briefly, anybody go back and take a look at the book of Enoch, try and find it. Okay, it is a lot of chapters, I understand that. I got um, a note from my friend Steve who told me that it's not in the Catholic Bible, the book of Enoch. So he says that he he listed two two, um, particular Catholic churches that don't have it in their uh, Apocrypha. Uh, He thought maybe a third one might, but he wasn't too familiar with that. Just the material I had said it was in there, so uh, I will take it from him. He's a little more of an expert on that than um, than I am. But you can find a copy of it online if you want to read through it. Like I said, some parts of it are kind of weird, <laughs> and some parts of it are are quite in, quite incredible. Hebrews chapter eleven verse seven says, "By faith Noah, being warned of God of being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark." to the saving of his house by by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So we're looking at the faith of Noah. He was warned of God of things not yet seen and moved with fear. So he was divinely warned. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6 verse 13, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Beginning of verse 14 says, make yourself an ark. And then it begins to tell them how to make the ark. But these are the these are the commands that God gave them. Down in verse 17, it says, and behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Now, some people, they get in one camp or the other. You know, either everything is an act of God and God did everything or uh, everything is uh of the enemy, and he does everything. Some people want to try and say that the flood of Noah was brought on by Satan, that Satan brought it on. Uh, I don't know if he's powerful enough to do it, because we're, we're, eventually we'll look at some of the things that are involved with that, but the Bible clearly says God brought it. This is from God. This is a judgment upon the earth, and God brought it. This is not... The Israelites' mentality that if God didn't stop it, he 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 did it. This is in the word to Moses. Or to, I'm sorry, to, to Noah. Moses is the one writing it down. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth. So that's pretty clear. He's not saying he's allowing it. He's saying, I'm doing it. I'm bringing this stuff here. And in verse 22, and Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So this is what the Word of God says was an act of faith on his part. It says he was moved with godly fear. He, moved, he was, We're going to see why that comes into play as we get along in the things that Moses had done here. He prepared, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. And we know that was a big project. By which he condemned the world. By him doing this, he put a condemnation upon the world. And became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now let's get on back before we get into all the details here of verse 7. Let's go on back to what he has actually done. So back to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives from themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, they were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So that's the beginning part of, of this, but we all know the story of the giants. are so just going to go over some of the Some of that just briefly here. The giants came on the earth. The uh, sons of of God is, of course, the fallen angels that had come. And they came down with the daughters of men. And so it was always the male angels coming down to the uh, daughters of men. And they were producing babies. And these babies, this is part of the uh, plot of Satan to corrupt the seed. Because back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, it said, The seed of the woman. And so we are, we're trying to corrupt that. And so if he can corrupt all of mankind and pollute the seed, then no longer could Jesus be born of a uh, and be 100% human. It would be mixed in there somehow, and that just um, that would pollute it. So that's his plan. That's what he wants to try and do. And so he got some of these guys to come there and, and do that. And um, sometimes we gloss over this part of it or just don't think about it too much or, or spend too much time on this, but these these guys, if they came and they're producing giants, either they're producing giants because of the mixing of the DNA is is causing that to happen, or these guys are large to begin with. It seems like they would be large and have some physical size. We know that the angels that come down, that they uh, they appear larger than the, the people, and that they have great strength, and they're able to do incredible things. So it would seem to be the same case that that would be the case with the fallen angels. So if they came on down and and they had done such things and these the, uh, offspring they produce were large, now now think about this: if they came on down, they would look a, maybe a little bit different, but maybe they wouldn't seem to be too different. Maybe there was some deception that would go on in the in the beginning, and they wouldn't be be quite aware. But if the woman was to give birth and if the uh, if they grew to a large size, I mean, one point we have the king Og who was 21 feet; his bed anyway was 21 feet. That's his bed. I don't know how big he was. Uh, I imagine the bed was bigger than him, but that's a, that's a large man. Now, if, the, if they grow to that size, what do you think the babies are? We're probably not looking at the babies being 7 or 8 pounds. I would imagine that the babies are larger. So, if the babies are larger, and that if we know how taxing just regular birth can be upon a, 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 a woman... Well, the baby is larger, and we're putting that much more physical um, uh, abuse on the body. I'm sure that more, a higher percentage of those women died in childbirth than happened before. And we know that they were dying in childbirth before because the Bible tells us one particular story um, where, uh, as, as Benjamin was being born, um, his mom died. So that 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 occurred right there. Once this begins to happen a few times. If you were a woman, would you want to have a baby by this these particular people? And so you, I could see that maybe um, some uh, uh, apprehension might be there. So we see that the picture that he's painting here of this earth is one of, of great evil. So were things being forced upon these women that they didn't want? And is that the kind of atmosphere that was going on now? And... Um, it may not just be that you know people were just going against the plan of God and just doing whatever they wanted to. There may have been a lot of non-favorable things going on, because um, I can't imagine that this this uh, worked out too well for the women in birth. I don't know. I have absolutely nothing to base that on. Um, I just is one of those things that I I wonder about. But we know the Greek mythology comes from all this, and where they had the gods who would come down. Now they had male and female gods coming down to uh, to to people, and they would produce what was called the heroes. And the people who would do do great things are able to do great things, and these these guys were here uh, pretty early on, because um, Noah isn't too many generations away from Adam. So we have a few generations, and the Devil got this idea of polluting the the world, and so he sends this here, and God's going to send a flood to knock them out, to to wipe it out. So apparently. Satan has gotten far enough along in this plan and has polluted enough of the seed that the only way that God, the best way that God can see anyway, to take care of this is to actually wipe out the earth. So if you got that close to, if you were Satan, you got that close to accomplishing your plan. Why would you wipe out the earth with a flood? I mean, you're this close to pulling it off, and uh, I doubt very much that Satan had anything to do with this flood. If anything, he probably would have. Wanted to stop it. Now the flood is not secret. Enoch prophesied about it. Named his son as a prophecy about this this thing. Noah got the word from God. And we'll show you in the scriptures about 120 years before it happened. And so he began to preach about this and to, to let people know. So he's got this. People know. And if people know, then these mixture of angels and people, they know, these giants, they would know. Certainly Satan's kingdom knows. So, if the ark is meant to preserve the human race and get rid of this seed, and you're Satan, what would you want to do? You'd want to stop the ark from being built. And what do you have at your disposal to stop this? What does Satan have at his disposal? He's got giants. He's got giants that are on his side, and it's so if, I've never really thought about this till I was meditating on on Noah this week, getting ready for this part. But I'm thinking about this: if if Noah, he's he's really the only one in his camp, it would seem anyway. I mean, there are some other ones that were there. We know that uh, Methuselah died the year of the flood, and certainly he was in the camp of Moses or Moses Noah he was uh, he was of that persuasion and there were probably others uh, as, as well. But for the most part, he's on his own, it would seem. So if you have these giants coming against them in whatever capacity that they could, can you see where he would come into the place of being in the Hall of Fame? By faith, Noah obeyed God and he built an ark. And the Face of all this corruption, corruption that is so bad that God was sorry He made man. That's how bad it was. And these giants are out there and corrupting. Of course, their main thing was to corrupt the seed, but they could do phenomenal feats. When we see the Greek mythology, which you know came out of all this, those uh, those offspring were doing some phenomenal things they, in in war, in many other things, but mostly they had a Uh, some things that he did in war. I didn't read all the Greek mythology, but I certainly came upon some going through school. They made us read some of that stuff. I don't think I would have read it on my own, but uh, we had to spend some time reading at least a few of those things. Noah faced this. If Noah faced these kind of creatures on his own, what do you think he's doing up in heaven when Israel's coming back for the spies. Oh, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. you has got to be thinking, man, you're two to four million people. God's on your side. We were eight. We were eight, and we stood up against them. You are two to four million people. Can you imagine Noah being up there in, the, in heaven looking down on this thing? Can you believe these guys? Now I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of a uh, thing they would have had, but just understand that they if he's getting persecution, it's not just verbal. Do you think these guys came and sabotaged an ark here or there? Do you think they came out and found some of their work destroyed or attempted to be destroyed? Did God alert them? Hey, get out there, take that ark, and they get out there and chase them off. And um I mean and what do you do to chase them off? You tap into the of God. Every single day that he's building this ark is an act of faith. Every single day he's coming under opposition. And he still stands there and faces them and continues the, continues the work. Because this is a huge project. It's going to take him a good bit of time. So the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things, And birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Of course, perfect in his generations means that he didn't have any giant blood, (laughs) so to speak, in him. And he can't have any of that. Now, Noah had three sons, and they had wives. And they didn't have any giant blood in them. So there's other lines that did not have giant blood. It's not just that Noah was the only one. But you had to come up with, we don't have giant blood, we're going to believe the word of God, we're going to get on the ark. And apparently that number was eight. So this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence filled with violence. If it's filled with violence, some of that violence probably came over to his property. Because we see it today that when the enemy wants to stir people up, they are not content with you just sitting there on the the side having your own beliefs. If you don't believe like they do, then they want to come after you. They want to burn your businesses. They want to burn your house. They want to sit on your lawn. They want to chant. They want to do all sorts of stuff. Because they're not content that you have your beliefs. That's, that's not it. Well, it was probably that way back then too because it's the same devil. I wonder if he had uh, picketers out on his, his property blocking them from bringing the wood in. They had a lot of wood to bring in. What if they made that way tougher? And all that we don't know. And again, the giants are there. These guys can do some, some incredible things. If you if you think of all the the landmarks, the things that were were made, that we we sit there and we figure, how in the world was Stonehenge made? How did Easter Island come about to be, and things like that? Did these guys have anything to do with it? And I don't know the answer to that. I'm not throwing that out. That you know maybe even the timing is off, and so forth. But um, certainly they they could have been. The last ones. This happened twice. It happened once in the Book of Genesis, and it happened later on. After uh, after the flood, and David was the one who wiped out the last of them, so they were around even for the pyramids, and were some of them brought in on on helping on on that? Because we look at those and we we figure, how how did anybody get this thing done? And certainly they could have been been there. And God said to Noah in verse thirteen, "The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence." Through them, and I will destroy all of them with, uh, I will destroy them with the earth. Now in, did we read it without too fast? Uh, back over to verse three. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. That is not the lifespan of man. That is how much time it is until the flood would come. So from that point on, whatever God spoke, that they had 120 years. Now, if you're Methuselah, what does that tell you? <laughs> I got 120 years. So he knew how long he would be around if he uh, if he heard that word. Don't, no reason why he wouldn't have. But the word there for perfect means bodily perfection, not moral. So we're talking about their their genealogies and and so forth. The uh, word there for giants. Wrote it in there. How it appears in the Hebrew, it's also used in Numbers thirteen to describe the descendants of Anak. So he got the first batch who went out there and they um, made babies, and they apparently were locked up in Tarteros. And then he got a second batch, talked them into it, and they went out there and did it. And uh, apparently he never got a third batch talked into it. And that was that was it. That's uh. It calls Noah a just man. Not only was he perfect in his generations, but also the way that he lived. Not that he was necessarily perfect in all his ways, but he was just, and he looked to God for for that. i put in your outline for you. They could not be the only pure ones left, as there were wives for the sons, so there had to be some other ones as well. And then may just note, what of God's prophets? Somewhere along here, whenever there is evil, God always sends his prophets. He sends people to speak his word. Somewhere along here, these people did not hear. So of these uh, sons of God, as they were called here, if they came down to the daughters of men, the prophets were out. Somewhere they were out. And they were saying, do not do this. This is against the things of God. And so initially, they may not have had any basis to obey. But once they saw things happen, and I'm sure uh, childbirth was not what they envisioned it would be. And once that uh, came through, some of them may have wanted to obey. But it's always better to listen to God when he when He sends his prophets. Just listen to what he says. So they're going to destroy all the people and all the animals died too. We're not just after the people, we're after the animals. God's going to wipe them all out. And we see that his, his response to increasing violence. We're seeing increased violence. You know, we've seen it over the years here in our country and other countries. God's not into that. God's not for that does not like violence, Uh, we shouldn't take part of that, those kind of things that have violence going on, because God's not in it. If God's not in it, we shouldn't be in it. Not that any of you go out and do any of that sort of stuff, but (laughs) that's just uh, we need to keep in mind. Of course, as we said, this is an attack on the seed from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. So let's take a look at this, the flood judgment here. And I did not put those scriptures in, into... uh, into my outline, would you pull up chapter seven, verse one, up on the screen for us? We'll read it off of there. And the Lord said, "My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh; yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years." I'm there. We are. Then the Lord said to Noah, "Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in the generation. In this generation, you shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female; two each of the animals that are unclean, a male and his female." Now we're going to read over all this part. But it is not two every animal, and you probably all know that by now. It's two of the unclean, seven pairs. Everything is always in pairs. Seven pairs of the of the clean, and then two of the of the unclean. And let's uh, go on to the next ones. Uh, go on down to. Go on down to I think verse ten. Let's pull it up there. Let's see what we have we describe where the water and where this the flood is coming from. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. That if is it freezing up on you? Uh-huh. That's all right. And uh, verse 12 is going to talk about how the rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, what you have here in this situation is back in the book of Genesis, we had a firmament that was there. We had a firmament that was waters all around the earth. So it basically kept the earth at the around the same temperature. It wasn't exact, but it was pretty close to the same temperature. If you went to the North Pole, if you went to the equator, it was all pretty much even. You didn't see the sun, but... The earth was, was kept at an even temperature. So you have that water that's up there. You have waters that God had called into the heart of the earth that were on top of the earth in order for the dry land to, to come about. And the, the earth in the book of Genesis was watered like a mist that came up from the, from the bottom. So it actually was watered upwards instead of downwards like we're used to. So this is where these, these things would come. When we would have this, the, what we would get is the firmament is going to come down as rain. Now, with the advent of Facebook and YouTube and all those kind of things, you can see different videos that are put up there when the rains just dump. Now, we're not talking about a rain, but they, they take it from, you know, a good distance away, and you can see just the cloud open up and just water just, just pour out. I saw one that was really neat. It showed it from a distance first off. You got to see just the sheet just come on down. And then it had another video inside what was happening on the inside when that was going on. That was one of the best ones I saw because it really gave you the idea of what was happening. Well, when this water comes down, this is the way it's coming down. It's coming down in sheets. It's coming down heavy. For 40 days, this stuff is just pouring down upon the earth. But then the water is also coming out from the the deep. And um, I haven't researched this for a while and didn't uh, get to spend any time studying it today. But I've also heard that the wording of the Hebrew is such that the waters were coming and going, that there was a rising to the water. And, of course, scientists want to tell us that around the time that a flood is said to have occurred is around the time that a meteor came upon the earth. And that meteor circled the earth, according to them, two and three-quarters times. Now, when that meteor got close, it acted like the moon, and it made a gravitational pull, and it made a big wave. And that wave circled the earth two and three-quarters times. And, of course, when it went off, away then um, it uh, the, the wave settled down but that's how we got the water over to the mountains because the word of God here talks about how the water even got to the tops of the mountains and so it wasn't just that the, the entire earth was flooded but you had the combination of the water coming up from below water coming down from uh, above and this meteor this meteor is probably also what disrupted the firmament and, and caused this to happen now that's not to take anything away from God that there was a meteor involved because that's God getting his timing. So I'm sending a meteor and it's going to come right on the day that I want it. (laughs) And he sent it and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It didn't hit the earth. It got caught in the earth or a gravitational pull. As it got closer to the earth, it picked up speed, picked up enough speed. It was able to shoot out of the gravitational pull and head on its way to to some other place. But that was the plan. It would seem and I got the this huge wave that would come up and take out all the mountains, so anything that was breathing, because everything is breathing is supposed to die. And so that's what this, this apparently does. And so the only things that are living is what's on the ark. Everything else that breathes is going to die. Now, fish apparently are not bothered, not affected. I'm sure that some of them were killed, and some of them had a, had a difficult time, but apparently not enough that we had to put any on the ark. They were going to be okay. We're going to have enough fish in there to repopulate everything afterwards. God did what he needed to do to to take care of that. But you're going to have the 40 days and 40 nights of of the rain. And that's just for the whole firmament to empty out. And so no longer was it going to be there. And then you would have the water coming up from below. Now, these folks had never seen rain. We see rain all the time. But these folks had never seen rain. They don't know what rain is. It may have rained in the world that was before, but they didn't hear about it. They didn't know about it. It had never rained. So when Noah comes and said it's going to rain, it's going to flood, they've never seen a flood, they've never seen rain. You know, if you don't have rain that comes upon the earth, you don't have a flood. Because rain is, is coming down, gathers in the mountains, comes down to the valleys, causes the flood. They didn't have that. That wasn't anything that was going on. Earth was better. And of course, people lived longer because the sun was hidden from them and all those UV rays didn't come and and uh, wrinkle your skin and, and uh, corrupt your body and People were living for hundreds of years, and as soon as that firmament was gone, lifespans had drastically dropped off, and that was the cause of it, this, this firmament going away. So Noah, from the time that he heard the word of God, it would seem to be about 120 years, and from that time he was talking with people, telling people that this was going to happen, and this was going to go on, and it attracted attention. And I'm sure that all of Satan's kingdom is focused on Noah. And whatever they were doing to try and get him to silence, whatever they were doing to try and get him to stop, we don't know. It is There is nothing written about it. Noah didn't write down about anything that he went through. He just went through it. And when he was doing this, he was between, you know, he started somewhere, got the word from God, probably around 480 years old. And he kept up until his 600 a year. And that's when the flood came. So by our, our accounts, that's an old man. <laughs> going out there and doing these things, but he did. And when we get to heaven, we'll have to have a talk with Noah. And say, Noah, what actually happened? What did the, what did the enemy's kingdom do? Because we know the enemy doesn't sit by. Look what it did to Jesus. Look what the enemy's king- kingdom did to Daniel. Elijah. Uh, you can keep on going on. Jeremiah. Uh, Isaiah. I mean, how many of these people, so much came against them from the from the enemy. Well, how much more for the guy who's going to preserve all of the earth into this one ark and wipe out the plan of Satan. How much of the forces of, of Satan would come against him? How much is he trying to impenetrate the uh, the thoughts of, of uh, Noah and get him to be afraid? Those giants, they're coming back tomorrow. And the giants probably had threats. And all, all through the night, maybe the devil's trying to get him to think on those threats. Maybe Noah says, no, not going to think on it. God told me to build it. God told me to build it. You can't stop me. And so you can see this when it says, by faith Noah obeyed God, there's a whole lot that's spoken in there because he had to come against pretty much the entire focus of Satan's kingdom would be on the work of Noah because there is nothing else more valid than to go after the work of Noah. That's it. Nobody else is coming out of this thing. There's no reason to go after Methuselah. There's no reason to go after apparently anyone else. This is it. This is the only one you really had to go after. And so he's got all that attention for every single day. For some somewhat of a hundred years he's gone through it. Now none of us here are a hundred years old. How many of us got wore out just with the, what Satan has thrown at us? But this is what he faced. No. I'm, I'm going to keep on going. In the morning he'd get up. Why anymore are you going to keep going out there and building that? You know they're going to come against you. You know they're going to stop you from getting the wood. You know they're going to try and stop you and try and burn that, that ark down. You know they're going to try and, and do this. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't he didn't give in. Now put this in your outline for you. The animals are gathered by God and sent. They don't have to be found. Noah did not send anybody out. and said, I need two tigers. Go get them. There was none of that that went on. God gathered these animals and He sends them to Noah. What would you think if you were the people in the surrounding places and all these animals suddenly gathered to go onto the ark? I mean, that has got to be something. Boy, that's got to be something. And if some of the people came on to try and uh, kill those animals because we don't want them getting on to the ark because apparently God wants that to happen. Uh, if God Look what God did to protect Israel. Look at the plagues, the Red Sea, all the miracles that were done in the wilderness. What kind of miracles were done in the life of Noah to keep this ark from being destroyed, to keep those animals in the place where they need to go at the work of these people? didn't stop i I don't know what kind of stuff they did but it had to be amazing and we think of the feats that are written in the book we don't know the feats of the first group of giants we're not really written any about those but we know some of the feats of the second group of giants that came into the world but there were feats for this first group too and what if noah stops every one of them and he's just a regular guy Are there feats of Noah that we're going to go up there and read about? And what he did to stop these giants from burning, destroying, killing, whatever it was that they were going to do. Remember, this is a violent place. God, It is so violent that God is is angry. It's got God's attention to the violence that was going on. Now, here's a little side note for you. When the firmament is gone and the firmament is taken away beside the sun what is the the next thing that these people are going to see for the first time? They're going to see a moon. And if they saw maybe a faint bit of the sun coming through or a faint bit of the moon coming through through the firmament I don't know how thick the firmament was if it stopped all of it or not. But there's something else that's going to become visible that was never visible before. It's going to be stars. They're now going to come out in in the sky. Noah and his family would come out from the ark and they would look up and they would see small dots of light all up in the sky. They'd never seen them before. I wonder if he had to go to God and say, God, what is this? But what is the thing that from this point on would become an object of false worship? Stars. Astrology would come out. People would begin to forecast your future based on the stars. People would begin to worship the stars. The constellations would come out. And different things were made of, made of them. So the firmament was removed stars appeared that would become the object of false worship. So by God bringing this judgment upon the earth the people on the earth now have new things to worship beside God. That Satan took their attention instead of seeing the beauty of what God had made he says now worship this and they did. They didn't even know it was there before. Didn't even know it was there. And now all of a sudden it's there, now we need to, well, we should worship. Hmm. So Noah heard a warning from God about something that would come on the earth that had never happened before, and he believed God. It had never rained, it had never flooded. None of these things had ever happened before. But he decided to believe God. And that's why Noah was in this, in the in this book because he believed God for something that God said would happen but he had absolutely no foundation as to what it was. Didn't know what rain was. Didn't know what a flood was. Never had seen it. But because God said he was going to send it he decided to believe God. But it didn't stop there. Opposition comes. Hate comes. Anger. All this stuff would come Focus on him. whatever kind of physical things were, were thrown his way. We don't know what they were. But whatever it was, whatever opposition was was taken to him, he continued on. And he kept building that boat. Now you know yourself how, how the devil comes in and gets into your thoughts. Think about when Noah's getting close to the time, however many years he spent on, on building this thing. I'm sure he didn't spend a whole hundred years. But somewhere in, in there, uh, uh, some portion of that he, he'd spent if you imagine that you put in all those years into something, don't you think the devil was coming to him just like he came to you? This is all going to burn up. Someone's going to come in and steal it. Someone's going to come in. They're going to destroy this thing. And everything that you work for is going down the tubes. Trying to get fear to go on. But you see, he trusted God. Every day he got up, he had to be a man of faith. Every day throughout the day, he had to be a man of faith. Maybe some of his family got discouraged. Noah had to be the man of faith. Come on, we're going to keep on going. This is what God said to do. If God said to do it, we need to do it. He needs us to get this accomplished, so we're going to do it. And he kept speaking words of encouragement to those people around him to keep that work going on and to keep putting that time in. Because they had to put this time in for this as well as farm the crops or do whatever it is they did to make a living. This is is not a paid gig. This is something they had to do on their own. They had to come up with the money to get the wood or go out there and chop it down or whatever they had to do. God was specific as to what kind of wood he wanted. Couldn't just be any kind. So just imagine the persecution that would come from people that are part fallen angel. Because we can only imagine the persecution that comes from people. But he got persecution from people and people that were part fallen angel. Noah would have been a target. Big target on him. I'm the guy fulfilling the plan of God. I'm the guy who's going to stop the work of the devil in this world by obeying God and doing what he said. I'm the guy God's going to use. And all hell has to just focus upon him. We're going to tear him apart. You know Satan wants to kill him. But he can't. If God can protect Noah in that atmosphere violent, evil atmosphere of people that could do superhuman things and other people who are just super evil. If God could preserve him, how much more can he preserve us? How much more can he defend us? And so when we look at Noah as our hero of faith, we can think of how much he stood up against, how much came against him. The thoughts, the fears, the worries, the concerns... The physical threats. All those things that came against him. And he did not waver. He kept on going. We never, had, we never find that God had to give him a pep talk. I'm not saying that he didn't, but it's not in there. Elijah at least needed one pep talk. But he just keeps going. And keeps facing this Day in and day out. And all the while, I called him a preacher of righteousness. He still took time out to tell people about the plan of God, what God was doing, who God was. By faith, Noah continued, built, completed, and boarded the ark. And once he was on that ark, I'm sure Satan didn't leave him alone. And that was a violent storm, something they had never seen before. This boat's not going to hold up. Look at those waves that are coming at you. This boat's going down. You're going to die. And all these animals you brought along. This rain's never going to stop. Once the rain did stop and they parked on the mountain, they were there for quite a while. Sending out the bird. Yeah, all the trees are dead. There's not going to be any life on this planet. You know, these thoughts are coming to him. All the time. Just constantly there. Because this, Satan doesn't let up. And right now, he's only got eight people to mess with. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Got eight people. <laughs> you ever woke up and says, Devil, don't you have anything better to do? If Noah did that, he says, Nope. <laughs> this is it. I've got nothing. But he took all that attention. And he was victorious over it. So he's in the Hall of Fame of Faith, as we call it. And he withstood all this. And he built the ark. And he kept building. He wouldn't be discouraged. He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't succumb to the fear. He just kept going. Every day, he got a little bit more accomplished. It's a huge boat. From all accounts, that was one big boat. That ought to hold a whole lot of stuff. And this flood, this flood occurred. And as uh, Phyllis mentioned, a rainbow does appear. The reason a rainbow appears? Never had appeared before. Because now you have the sun. The sun never shone through before. But now, whenever the sun shines and there's rain... There's a rainbow. And it's a sign that God says, I won't do this again. I won't do it again. That's because they all knew he had done it before. There was a first flood. And we've done some, some things in that. In fact, I dug out that, uh, that old sermon and if anybody wants to go up there and listen to that, find out what the first flood was. The race of people that were here before Adam. Adam was not the first group of people. On the earth, they were the second. And the scriptures are very clear about it. There is no doubt, absolutely no doubt about it. And it's not just in the book of Genesis. It's in the prophets. So if you uh, haven't been through that in a while, want to go through it, That uh, I put that up there on the church Facebook page. You can find the link and, and go back. Goes to, uh, that particular one dates back to 09. So it was uh, from from some time ago. I listened to it all just to make sure it was all still good. Make sure the guy wasn't preach anything false I'll <laughs> still sound very current and, um, and very good but you'll, you'll see the scriptures in there the word of God actually says that God did not create the earth formless and void didn't do it it became formless and void and when Satan fell he brought a race of people in to, to fall with him but the scriptures tell us all about that this is the second flood this is not Peter's flood Fle- Peter's flood is the flood that destroyed the world that then was And um, one place in Scripture it talks about the world that was, the world that is, and the world that will be. There are three different worlds. The first world was destroyed by the flood of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. The second one will be destroyed by fire, which is the one we are in. Noah's flood did not destroy it, but it will be destroyed by fire. The third one will be eternal. That's the new heaven and new earth. Apparently there's no end on that one. But God knew that this one would end. That this one would have a, have a, a time when he'd have to burn it all up and start over again. Now he will do. Father, we thank you for the example of Noah. If he could under, undergo all that pressure, all that opposition, the physical forces, the mental abuse that came his way, the torment that the enemy would try and put upon him, if he can endure all that and continue in the work of God that he has, how much more can we? He's not up there to condemn us; he's up there to cheer us on They say, "Look, if I did it, you can do it." The same spirit of God that kept me going is the same spirit that'll keep you going. Don't give up; keep on going. So, Father, we thank you for Noah. Thank you for the example he is for us.